Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Football Ramble Mailbag. English managers and footballers cooking are the orders of the day. It's Saturday, 30th of December. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Andy Russell. Welcome one and all to the mailbag. Bloody good to have you with us. A reminder that if you want to get involved on the mailbag, you can tweet us on X at Football Ramble. Message us on Instagram at Football Ramble. And of course, you can email us, show at footballramble.com. Now, everybody, before we get stuck into those juicy questions, our Toshiba competition is now live. We are giving you the chance to win a brand new 50-inch Toshiba Fire QLED TV. We're giving away three of them, of course. But you've got to act fast. To enter, listen right to the very end of the show after the adverts where Pete Donaldson will be on hand to tell you how to enter. We'll be announcing the winner of our first TV on Tuesday's show and then starting another draw for TV number two that same day. So stay tuned, everybody. It is vital if you want to get a 50-incher coming to you this time of year. Jim Campbell, you've got the first question. So get us underway on the mailbag. Damn you. I do have the first question. Now, this is from Lewis Gamble Thompson. He emailed us. Why has England struggled to produce world-class coaches slash managers? We have had some of the most talented players in the world, but that doesn't seem to lead to a great coaching career. So I put that to you, Marcus and Andy. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't think we need to reel off all the kind of stats and facts, but no English manager has ever won the Premier League. Obviously, Howard Wilkinson won the old Division 1 before it became the Premier League. So no English manager has ever won the top flight since... There is a caveat on that, isn't there? There was one guy who had a... I think he had a 12-point lead at some point. (laughs) But he didn't win it, Jim. Yeah, even then. I mean, that sums it up. Kevin Keegan, um, statistically, in the Premier League, is the best-performing English manager since the Premier League's begun. It's the highest place a, a, an English manager has ever finished. They, they they very, very, very rarely finish in the top four. And if you listen to yesterday's show, you'll be familiar with, with this set of managers. Um, the, there's only, what, six managers that have won um, major trophies since 1992 in England. Uh, yeah. Again, you, 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 you'll know that if you'd have listened to... Um, Jackson Encyclopedia yesterday the last English manager to win a major trophy in this country was Harry Redknapp in 2008 so there's a few things to set the scene for you it, it, there's a real dearth of, of talent I've probably talked a bit um, much already I'll give my opinion in a second but Andy why don't you kick us off well I think first off we have to say the bit about um, we've had some of the most talented players in the world I, I think it's been fairly debunked that that necessarily leads to a great coaching career Mm -hmm. and you know that has been the case going back a long way but I think particularly now in the age of what Harry Redknapp for example would disparagingly call the technocrat (laughs) I I, I think you can look at it and say um, you don't need a great playing career to become a great coach Um, you know I I think um, 
the availability of information, the level of dedication, um, the level of understanding of how different the job is. Assume knowledge is really dangerous. And I think if you can come out of your playing career, and we see it we see it a lot with pundits, don't we? Obviously, there are some very good ex-player pundits out there. Um, but there are still a lot who think, I played the game, therefore I know everything about it. Which is, I think, really dangerous. And just being able to do it and being able to explain it are, are, are two totally different things. But how does that <laughs> translate to coaching careers, though? Why England have struggled to produce so many? Yeah, but if we're talking about England specifically... We are. I think there are there there are a couple of of, of different things. Uh, firstly, I think if you're going all the way down to grassroots level, it's expensive. It's expensive to get qualified compared to other nations. So if you look at, um, say, us producing our own Jose Mourinho or Will Still, or to to, to bring it up to a, a more modern context, it's more difficult because you're talking about normal people having to find a course and bear a lot of personal expense which I I think is really difficult so it's more likely that it's going to be limited to to ex-players who who want to get involved so I think if you look at the number of qualified coaches um, the number with UEFA badges in England compared to um, Spain Germany it's, it's you far remember less. the numbers it's about a thousand it's isn't it in England yeah. in Germany it's about seven thousand in Spain it's about fifteen thousand do you think that, so they are the numbers that back your point up? Yeah, and I, I think it, it, it creates a culture. If you look at like the level of coaching education, for example, um, it's no wonder Portugal provides great coaches because I think you look at um, the, the structure that's there to, to bring through coaches, and, and Portugal's not a rich nation or a big nation. So that's clearly not the, the, the issue here. I, th- I think that's a, a huge part of it. And I think also, if if you look at something a little more intrinsic beyond that as well, and again, Portugal is a, is a good example, is that the level of intellectual football discussion, and still that's something that's quite new, as yeah. the use yeah, of yeah, statistics yeah. actually is quite new to, to, to English football as, as, as well. So in that sense, really English football and producing coaches is only really at the start of where it needs to be. Yeah, no, I think yeah. I think you, you make a very good point with regards to the lack of um, in-depth and well-thought-out footballing discussion. I think we love... I know all countries, you know, love their footballing drama in certain ways and, and off-the-pitch stuff and, and, and so on, but... But there's a difference between country, drama and analysis. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a bit tabloidy. If I'm honest with you, do you know what I mean? I think I think you know if you I think you have to look at a, almost a societal level with regards to some things with football. You know, things don't appear overnight. You have to develop things, and you have to, um, and and you have to create sort of new cultures, if you like. And the FA have done that a little bit with the England national team. In fact, they've done a lot a lot with the national team. We know with the, the good work of Southgate. You talk about the players. If, it wasn't that long ago where England weren't producing players like, say, Phil Foden or, or Jude Bellingham. I know Jude Bellingham has played a lot abroad. Fair enough. But England now, you know, you see the young lad at Brighton and so on. These kind of players, you think, ah, we are beginning to produce them. If you remember when Jack Wilshere uh, was playing at Arsenal, um, where everyone was very excited uh, about his potential. And I think it was Guardiola's Barcelona went there and they were like, so what do you think of Jack Wilshere? And 
Guardiola was like, yeah, we've got loads of those in our academy, those types of players, you know. So there's often, yeah. England is often a little bit behind with certain things. And I think that that is sometimes true on, on a national level with, with regards to various things. I think England, and bear with me here if you will, um, without sounding sort of, you know, all Brexity and isolationist, I think England in, in, in European terms is very kind of free market, very capitalistic kind of approach and therefore you just you plug any gap or you 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 find whatever the need is um you, you plug it with whatever is convenient or whatever is kind of cheap or whatever and and I think with football it's kind of like well we want a good league okay well foreign managers they're they're kind of better we'll get them in without growing your own manager without honing it at, at home if you like and with the prem I mean the fact is the Premier League right is it, it it's not the FA don't don't administer, if you like, the top flight in this country. That tells you all you need to know. In other countries, you know, that's obviously not the case. The Premier League, there is no uh, obligation, really. There might be a little bit on in terms of in, in, in a sort of a, a gentleman's agreement, if you like. But there's no real obligation for the Premier League to care about what the England national team do. Whereas in, in the other, um, admin, uh, other associations and federations, there is that. So in terms of football, it was like, well, the foreign players, they do that, or the, or the, or the, or the foreign managers. The FA have kind of been doing their bit a little bit with regards to St. George's and, and so on. But England doesn't have an equivalent of like the coaching school. Is it is it Covacciano in Italy? Am I getting that? Covacciano. It is Covacciano in Italy, yeah. And that level of discourse of right, we're we're coaches, we're gonna we're gonna really sort of try and mould and shape what we're doing here. And we are gonna look at our own, if you know what I mean. And I don't want to sound sort of isolationist there, but that is that's what you got to do if you're going to improve English managers, if you see what I mean. And it's fine to to make sure your own um, have chances, but also with regards to the Premier League. I think the English managers, they've not done very well because of that old school thinking that you said and also not having too much time because they get sacked or whatever. There's so much money in the Premier League as well. Um, all of this goes into the pot and out comes not very good English managers in terms of modern day football. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting as well that you, you mentioned the, the Premier League in general because you don't really hear this line of thought so much these days. But... It was a regular thing you would hear of people complaining that Premier League clubs don't give English managers a chance. Mm. Like the talent's there, we just we just don't use it because it's not fashionable to have an English manager. I don't think that was true, um, but obviously the Premier League clubs aren't obligated to do anything that helps the, the FA or, or, or English managers because they're essentially running the the big businesses that, yeah. that need results and. Um, I've read some very interesting things about the UEFA Pro license while I was while I was researching this question. Um, you mentioned St George's Park, so St George's Park has been there for almost twelve years, I think it is now, and it's, yeah. it's got a sort of dedicated development centre called FA Learning, and that's that's a good thing. Clearly, there are things in in place to try and address this slump and uh, address this imbalance of qualified coaches that we have between um, ourselves and some of the other sort of major footballing nations in Europe. Um, and I, f- I found a quote from from the the head of FA Learning. Uh, which I found absolutely fascinating, which said, UEFA deals in A and B licenses for coaches. At the FA, we have developed our own pathway, which we've refined for our own needs, level one and two certificates. But UEFA don't include the latter within their figures. That's why we have close to 70,000 coaches at a level which slips under the UEFA radar. And why they have qualifications that UEFA don't recognise is absolutely beyond me. 
and perhaps sort of illustrative of that kind of exceptionalism, a little bit of isolationism in there as well. So the FA say mm. that there are a lot more coaches than than the, the figures suggest. And it's very, very difficult to get mm-hmm. um, statistics on this sort of thing. They, they're not collected very often, so often they're years out of date yeah. um, and very, very hard to make judgments on. Um, but that is... That, that's absolutely fascinating to me. Now, the, the pro license costs close to 10 grand anyway. So if you are somebody who's perhaps not been a professional footballer at the highest level, it's quite prohibitive. And I don't think we should be you know, excluding anyone from this because we just want the level of coaching to rise a- across the board, even at grassroots, really. Um, and I just I, I find that really interesting. I think another big factor in it as well is that we don't really have a national style mm. other than you know the sort of the real well, real basics of, of we, the game. We if did. you look at well, but if you look at say the Netherlands, they have total football. The the, the Germans have a very very sort of particular style that they've drawn from in the past. It, you could argue that Spain didn't really have that until they brought in Tiki Taka. Spain and now are an interesting that's, comparison. That's been a really sort of. Um, really really successful thing for them they've got that national identity in a footballing sense that they haven't had before and I think England are, are maybe still looking for that but I don't I don't think that's quite true even especially with Spain and Germany because the way that the, the, the what you would say are the typical national characteristics of uh, the sort of football that Spain and Germany play for example they've changed drastically in the last 15 to 20 years and even more recently in terms of Spain like if you I, I was doing a round table with uh, Xavi Alonso um, which part of it made it onto um, the at the match we did a, a, a Leverkusen and Xavi Alonso as soon as the expression tiki taka was mentioned he bristled he mm. didn't want anything to do he with it like it's it. the same with Pep Guardiola he won't, he won't have it at all and you know the, the, the fact is the whole basis of a healthy coaching culture and a healthy bed of intellectual football discussion, which is a huge part of that coaching culture, is not saying this is our way and this is the way we do it and this is what we stick with. Mm -hmm. If you look like a coach Mm -hmm. like Carlo Ancelotti, for example, people just look at him as a player whisperer. He's far far more than that because he constantly looks at himself and how he looks at things tactically and changes it. You know, when he left Bayern, he said, well, that, that went wrong. Where where do I need to change? Where do I need to do things differently? Yeah. Which is very different to say uh, Mourinho, for example. And Ancelotti's sixty years old, <laughs> so I, I think that having a culture, not just, I, I think we always have this idea of, you know, we we don't want to be like anyone else. We must be what we are. That's fine, but the fact is, football is so global nowadays, and ideas are so cross pollinated that actually what the basis of a good coaching coaching culture is is discussion and the desire to change adapt innovate all that sort of stuff but you know even if as as you guys were saying because the premier league has such a huge hold over global football the, the the problem is that even if these coaches are being produced why would you go and get them when if you were one of the, the any club in the premier league yeah, frankly exactly. when, when when you can be bournemouth yeah. and and go and get Ayala? Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, exactly, Andy. And but also, I mean, Jurgen Klopp himself said he didn't know why a lot of English football turned away from some of the principles of, of previous decades, the, the, the pressing, the, the you know, the Liverpool pass and move, all that kind of stuff. You know, that's he he said that influenced a lot a lot of his career. And you can't forget that England did have very innovative coaches 
in decades gone by. You know, you think about those who um, who went around key figures in, in places like Barcelona and, and, and so on. I mean, you think of, or even a more contemporary, slightly, a very slightly more contemporary example, you know, someone like Terry Venables, you know. Bobby um, Robson. Yeah, Bobby Robson, another one. Uh, it's it's all sudden Barcelona links, you know. So, yeah, I, 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 I do think, though, that, that this, again, this sort of, you know, this this is English culture and society. Again, it's a bit tabloidy with regards to sort of say football and managers, and that's why a lot of managers did play it sort of basic with with Redknapp and with um, with Warnock and Pulis and all those types of managers. And look, they achieved, um, you know, relatively speaking. And I don't want to dis- start disrespecting people, but that wave of the traditional, if you like, British coaches. Obviously, the lion's share would would be English. Um, it is becoming a thing of the past. You know, the, the the ones who are a little bit different are Graham Potter and Eddie Howe, obviously. Um, you, you know, I mean, we all thought Gary Monk might be in, in that um, mould as well, but perhaps... This is it, though, isn't it? We're desperate for any young manager to be the next big innovative thing. But in, in the same way, though, the reason why I likened it to the players earlier is we were desperate to have... Uh, players who could play in between the lines and who were kind of a bit number tenny but a bit sort of foreign as well. Well, now you've got, in if you just take the England team, you know, what Gareth Southgate says is, you know, Bellingham's in that role, Foden can play it as well, Madison's in there as well. I know he's injured at the moment. You know, you suddenly kind of go, oh, okay, we've we've developed that a bit. There's still a bit to go. And, and so, again, it's not perfect in terms of producing players, but it's improved enormously and a, and a concerted effort needs to happen with regards to English coaches and managers. And it's going to take a lot. Um, I forget which manager it was. Could have been maybe Roberto Mancini, but I, I can't remember who. And he said, you know, often the difference between... Oh, no, it would have been Fabio Capello, of course. The difference he found with, with it, it, players who um, played for the Italian national team, what they would do on their downtime during tournaments. Not that I don't think Capello ever managed them at a tournament. But... Um, he said that the Italian players, they'd have a little espresso, a little coffee, and they'd sit around, talk about football tactics, they'd discuss the games, and then have a bit of leisure time. He said with England players, they wanted to, they, they finished their meal, and it was like, where's the computer? Where's the table tennis? Where, you know, they were, they were almost like kids, if you see what I mean. Which is fine, that's not a criticism, of course. But it's just a little tiny example of how football is viewed, how it's how it, how it kind, of, kind of plays out, you know, and I think that that, that chat and that kind of, intellectualism if you like for want of a better word is is perhaps it's just not here as much as it is in other places and that culture will have to change quite a bit for english managers to um to improve really spin your passion into a business of shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout let's hear that one more time the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Right, Andy, you have the second and last question of today's mailbag. Uh, yeah, I've got one from Matthew Ivo here. Greetings from Costa Rica. I was flicking through the TV channels in my hotel and landed on Celebrity Bake Off Colombia. The first contestant Ooh. I spied was, obviously, none other than Carlos Valderrama. He's a player from before my time. But I remember his wild peroxide perm from an Italia 90 VHS I used to watch as a kid. Which ex-football players would you like to see on a celebrity cooking show and why? All the best and Pura Vida. Well, I suppose the obvious one, Matthew, straight off, mm. we very recently had Mauro Icardi on MasterChef Argentina because his wife Wanda was presenting it. It was brilliant, actually, seeing him do a little guest on it go around all the people cooking and you know these sort of old ladies go to to wonder i must say your husband's very handsome and all this sort of stuff it was good i liked it <laughs> you don't want to say that to wanda surely <laughs> that's you know that's that's throwing a cat among the pigeons those two are on a knife edge at the best of times one might say a producer pre- prepped her to do it who knows um lewis cook very good thanks <laughs> Very, very good. Um, I, I just, I base this on vibes more than anything else. David Ginola. Um, I just think he'd be a French. really... That's all you've intro- got. Well, yeah, but French, charming, um, very personable. I sort of trust him. He, he's a man with a lot of kind of natural charm and natural sort of authority. I think he would, um, I think he'd host a kitchen very well, even if someone else had done all the prep and someone else was um, feeding him the, the recipes. I have to say, Jim, I Lewis can't Baker, believe you've not gone... Currently at Stoke. <laughs> As I was saying, Jim, I can't believe you've not gone for Arsene Wenger because, of course, he grew up with his, his parents running a, a restaurant in Alsace. So That's presumably, he'd, he'd have some opinions about it and it would take him away from FIFA, which sullies one of my favourite personalities from English football of the last 30 years. Yeah, but I think, I mean, my dad um, was a carpenter before he retired. You, you should see me try and put a shelf up. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that Arsene Wenger is going to be a good cook because he doesn't care about anything other than the football, does he? I think he'd be terrible. I don't think he'd understand it at all. No, no but the, like the presenters don't have to cook stuff, do they? True, true. Yeah, I just don't think he'd engage with it. I don't think he'd really understand what Ooh. he was there for. He'd be like Tim Lovejoy, Maybe. just start talking about football all the time. It's the last <laughs> thing you want, even though he would actually know what he was talking about uh, in at least one of those things. But I'd quite like to see Big Sam's Kitchen because it would be be like no no nonsense, no mucking about, very little seasoning, I would imagine. Um, it would just, just boiled chicken, probably. Um, 
I'd be fascinated to see Big Sam's Big English Kitchen. There was this program called uh, Get Stuffed in the 90s, which was very much like after the pub sort of telly. And they would tell you how to like do beans on toast or like a toasted sandwich or, or, or whatever. Maybe Big Sam yeah. could revive Get Stuffed. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. Post-pub, hangover food. Yeah. All that stuff. I'd be into it. Barry Barbecue. Barry Barbecue. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Harry Redknapp signed in for QPR. <laughs> the, 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 the thing is with, with Big Sam, just to balance it out, we, we, have to, we have to say he always had a bit of a left field side to him. You think of all the players he signed for Bolton. I mean, the thing is, he would yeah, do. You know I what? agree yeah. with you. I think, I think he would do an excellent paella. He would. Well, the no, thing, right. I, I think that's maybe a a, a, a bit complex. But I th- I think he'd, he'd start off with like a baked potato and like beans on toast and all that sort of stuff. And all of a sudden, you'd get like a, a, a Massaman curry just coming out of left field, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's fair, what I'm saying. He's you know he's he was very adventurous in terms of um, signing players and, and kind of uh, thinking outside the box a little bit in a way that he didn't perhaps get credit for because of. People like us. Um, <laughs> so perhaps he'd have quite a varied menu in his kitchen. You know, in Japanese cuisine, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure this is true. It's maybe slightly apocryphal, but you know, there's that fish that if you cut it wrong, Japanese it can kill everybody fish. that eats it. Yeah, yeah. The one from The Simpsons. Yeah, Mourinho serving that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can go. Someone's getting it. One he, person's <laughs> getting it. Everyone sat around he, the table. Let you know, one of you has let me down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And around the table, you've got Pep Guardiola, Sergio Busquets, <laughs> Daniel Levy. Like, do you know what I mean? It's they're all there, and uh, and they're all looking around, and he's serving it up, and you know, you know that something's going down, and he's just looking around with that little worst face. pre-season tour ever. <laughs> and then whoever drops dead, then Mourinho runs off like he did at the New Camp with his hand in the air. <laughs> <laughs> If I speak, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so yeah, I think that that would that, that would get the viewers. You got to say, sure would. There we are. Thank you very much, Matthew Ivo, uh, from Costa Rica, where the living is pure. Apparently, pura vida, as they say there. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble Mailbag. We're back on Monday with our New Year's resolutions for football in 2024. To get in touch for the next mailbag, do tweet us on that thing called X at Football Ramble. Message us on Instagram at Football Ramble. And of course, email us, show at footballramble.com. Oh, and do have a very happy new year. Hello, Ramblers, and happy holidays. As Marcus mentioned earlier in the show, we are giving away no less than three 50-inch Toshiba Fire QLED TVs. To enter the prize draw, just enter lnk.to forward slash ramble competition into your web browser. That is lnk.to forward slash ramble competition. Then pop in your email address and you are done. Plus, if you sign up to the Football Ramble Patreon, you will be entered twice. And we... All love being entered twice. Well, and <laughs> please know that only UK listeners are eligible to enter. We'll announce the first winner on Tuesday, January the 2nd. A very good luck to you. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.